Alright everybody, this is episode 23 of the Corner Sports Podcast, and in honor of our 23rd episode, we have a special Superflex Dynasty Draft to bring to you. As all three of us will be participating in a Dynasty Startup, let's get started. Hello everybody, my name is Christian Riley, and this is the Corner Sports Podcast. I am joined by my buddies Coogs, after a long absence, and Paul P.K. Kaler. Glad to be back. Yeah, it's been a while, Coogs. How are you guys doing? I'm good, good. I feel like I haven't had any sports in my life for two weeks because this is most of the activity I get. And uh, I've been going crazy having to communicate with you guys over text and the phone. A little jealous. But I was also stranded on the beach, so I couldn't complain that much. Yeah, you can't complain about being stranded on a beach. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm just happy to be here. I'm ready to get this thing on the road. Yeah, we got this Dynasty Superflex startup draft that we are about to participate here in five minutes. And I know that it is both of your first ever Dynasty drafts. Obviously, you guys helped me on a previous episode with a Dynasty startup. But this is the first time that I have been in a super flex league. What are your guys' game plans as far as attacking the quarterback position? I mean, we obviously should expect the quarterbacks to go earlier. Now, without giving too much away, because obviously we're, we're competing here, what are your guys' game plans going into this draft? Um, well, for those viewing at home, since we'll, this will be on our YouTube channel with our new setup, what up, what up, what up? Um, I'm just going to look at Christian's screen the whole time and kind of just snake players uh, that he has queued up. I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm going to switch to my phone now that you said that. <laughs> but in all fairness, I actually can't see. It's actually a good angle. So if you see me doing this, that's when you know I'm cheating. For all the YouTube subscribers out there, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do post the best segments that we put out from every episode every Wednesday, right after our episodes drop on Tuesdays. You can also follow us on Twitter at CornersportsFS. You can find us on Facebook at Corner Sports or on Instagram at The Corner Sports. We had about four or five minutes here. Paul, your buddy has the first overall pick. And we were discussing earlier where we thought we would go if we had the first overall pick. Me personally, I would take Patrick Mahomes. Who do you think your buddy's going to pick? And also, who would you pick if you were put in that situation? A couple of loaded questions off the bat. Let me give you a little back. A little insight on this guy. Shout out to Isaiah for accepting the invite to the league. Old buddy of mine, old co-worker of mine at the Indians, actually. I have no idea what this guy's going to do. Absolutely no clue. I think, if I had to guess, I think he, he would go quarterback. Although I think it might be Lamar, to be honest, if I had to pick one. Wow. It's just, it's a, that's a complete dark throw, a shot in the dark. I really don't know. Uh, I it, hope it's Lamar. I mean, See, hey, when it comes running, to... Running back first overall, you got to like it, right? <laughs> it gets bad. me every time. I was, like I want to correct him every time. Like, uh, he's quarterback. No, not bad for running back. If it comes down to Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson, I'm going to take Mahomes every time. And I don't even think that it's really that close, despite the awesome season that Lamar Jackson just had. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just signed a 10-year record-breaking deal. His arm is definitely superior. He has quarterback mobility. He's going to put up the stable quarterback numbers. We say we love rushing production from a quarterback, but I need to see Lamar Jackson do more through the air before I'm going to put him over Patrick Mahomes year over year. 
I just need to see more with his arm before I can trust him to do that with his legs every single year. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I'm not. And then, you know, just kind of the direction that the offense has been saying that they're going to go in throughout the offseason, saying that they're going to do a lot more handing the ball off as, as opposed to Lamar taking that many carries and also limiting his reps throwing too. So I totally agree with you. Now, if I was to pick if I was picking first overall, it's a super flex, so I'd say I, I would have to go Mahomes. And so we should be beginning any second here. The first annual, I guess it wouldn't be a, a regular redraft. It's the inaugural. The it's inaugural. the only. It's the end-all, be-all. We're making our first official rosters. This is pretty exciting. And I'm, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous. I'm very nervous. But you know what? Like the great one, Peyton Manning, once said, it's a good thing to be nervous because that means you care. Wow. That was deep. You know? I needed that before this. Yeah, we're going to go over the first 10 rounds with everybody, and then we'll go on to do the rest of this on our own here. So Isaiah is on the clock. Here we go. CMC. CMC, number one overall. Wow, I'm happy about that. Come on. Oh, Somebody God. else needs to mess up, too. Yeah, I don't know how early a lot of our friends are going to be taking quarterbacks in the Superflex draft because you have... There he is. Uh, on one hand, you do have... Quarterbacks are going to go earlier because it's a super flex draft. But on the other hand, the quarterback class in fantasy is just so deep right now that it's just a question mark of where do you value that quarterback? And the crowd at Radio City Music Hall reacting to the Lamar Jackson pick through third overall by Coogs. All right, Coogs, why did you go with Lamar Jackson there? With hopes that, you know, he continues to improve. I mean, obviously it's going to be hard to cap what he did last season, but if he can consistently perform that way, which I know there's a lot of question marks on. I just didn't want to be stuck sitting in later rounds, taking taking flyers on QBs with him still on the board. And I have the third pick, so I'm just hopeful that uh, it's not slim pickings now for the rest of the areas I need to focus in the draft, such as running back, which everyone knows is the most important position in my eyes. Um, but when you're talking about having something long-term, like this Dynasty League, I went with the youth. Quarterbacks and running backs are going to go very quickly and very early in this draft here, which means that I'm going to value running back a little bit higher than I'm going to value quarterbacks here. I mean, you guys you guys know how I value the running back position, and I already mentioned how deep the quarterback position here is. And so far, six picks in, we have four running backs and two quarterbacks off the board. Obviously, we saw CMC go one, Mahomes and Jackson go two and three, Saquon, Zeke, and then Alvin Kamara. Paul, you took Alvin Kamara. Why was it that you chose him over just about anyone else on the board there? Well, I mean, the fact that Michael Thomas dropped that far was kind of surprising to me, but I guess the deciding factor was you got Alvin Kamara at 24 kind of entering his prime as running back, and Mike Thomas is 27. So I might get two years out of him before he hits his drop-off. So that was kind of the deciding factor for me, and the fact that I value running backs a lot higher too. Now we should mention here that in a dynasty startup, you always have to factor in longevity of the position. While running backs seem to have more value while they're on top, we do see the lifespan of an NFL running back is a lot shorter than the elite lifespan of a wide receiver. You've seen elite wide receivers dominate for almost a decade, while we've seen elite running backs lead the league in rushing, and then while they're in their second contract, completely fall off the map. So it's a balancing act there of, do you want to go with the elite runners who you know will go early, or do you want to go with the longevity with the plan of refilling the running back position later on in the draft? So now I'm up at pick 111, 
And I'm going to have to kind of be smart here because I did trade away my second pick, or I traded down in the second round from 2-2 to 2-11 to move up in two of the later rounds. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon. Just same way that I did in our previous startup draft. Strong pick at the end of the first round there, in my opinion. I was actually leaning Nick Chubb, but... He just went. I was watching him. We saw saw Paul take him right before I went up there. I'm going to go with running back because, as I mentioned, with how thin the elite class is of three down backs, I had to secure one early. And with me not picking again until round two, pick 11, I wanted to get one off the board. And we already mentioned so many times why we think Joe Mixon is going to have a great season. There's a chance that I think he could be a, a top three running back in 2020. 13 picks and eight running backs are off the board. I'm not happy right now. I'm over here sweating bullets. Wide yeah. receivers are starting to drop now. We got Tyreek Hill and Juju going back to back. 2-2 and 2-3. So, Paul, with you being the next one of us three on the clock, what are you thinking for pick 2-7? Uh, since neither of you can get in the way, I am very seriously considering a quarterback. Really? I'm going to see what's there. I mean, it's a super flex, and the quarterback scores the most points out of any position. And I feel like it's very necessary to get, if I got to fill two quarterback spots, essentially, I think it's very important to get a top one or, you know, early if I can. Definitely. So we're going to see what happens here in the next two picks. But if, if my guy is there at 2-7, I, I think I'm going to go with a quarterback. I kind of want to touch on the pick that just went at 2-4, Clyde, Ed, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who just went in the second round of a dynasty startup. There's rumors that he can split time with Damian Williams. But in the long haul, first-round pick, Andy Reid offense, I think that he went exactly where he's supposed to go when it comes to a dynasty startup. CEH is one of my favorite players in all of fantasy when it comes to situation and talent. So I think that 2-4 was exactly where Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should have gone. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. I was kind of praying for a miracle and that he might drop there because that's a player that would change my mind as far as my approach to 2-7. But... You know, CEH is, like we, we've talked before in previous episodes, he is such a perfect fit for that offense, and I, I can't wait to see how Andy Reid uses him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Christian has hit this 100 million times at this point, but running back in an Andy Reid offense, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. It's in the history. I mean, it, it's it's definitely a solid pick. But the only thing, you know, that, that would scare me away is that with any rookie, you do – have to, like, and this is the hardest part about a dynasty draft is because you almost have to get a grasp on the future, what the future can hold for a player, and uh, that is definitely the hardest part of this draft. Like With each pick taken, I feel like a sinking feeling in my heart. <laughs> it's totally valid, though, because when it comes to rookies, we don't know if these guys can play in the NFL, right? Yeah, I mean, we. I think his floor is a three-down-only back, someone like a Duke Johnson or a Kyrie Cohen, someone that they bring out on third downs, Throw, throw the ball to when we need a third and eight, and Patrick Mahomes knows how to get him the ball that way. But I just don't see the floor being his only option there. I think that he's going to be a three-down back. I don't think that Damian Williams is going to be much of a factor at all, even in CEH's rookie year. Well, I'm on the clock now, and I think this is a position I need to lock up, and it may be an early pick for this individual. And I'm, oh, I'm very curious to see how this is reacted to around the league. Tom Brady. Close, but I gotta stay true to my word. I've been touting him all off season. Oh man! What you got? The pick has been submitted. It's Dak Prescott. The pick is in, and it's Dak Prescott. Wow, impressive! Very happy. With I that. had to go get my guy. You needed your guy. I like that. See, you gotta stick to it. We're GMs now, guys. You gotta We're stick in the big to your, leagues. You gotta stick to your board, 
And I think that's what I did there. You only get one startup in a dynasty draft. After this, we're only talking rookies and trades. So. And Dak is very possibly looking at a long-term deal in the near future. So, like I said, it was my guy. It might have been a little early based on ADP, but... Speaking speaking of Dak, let's go in this direction. The Cowboys have to pay him, right? You would think so. You would think. But they're sure putting it off. But, yeah. But, I mean, their money's right around. I, like, I don't even know where... They, I mean, it's Jerry World, though, so, I mean, there might just be duffel bags getting dropped off left and right. Jonathan Taylor off the board. That just ruined my day. That's, um, that's the risk of taking a QB uh, like in the first round. So, yeah, I'm just staring down a pretty pretty gnarly situation at running back right now. So you're our next pick. What's what's on your mind? What's your approach? Well, there are two solid choices, I believe. I still believe two two RB1s on the board. One with, I mean, both with, with a, lot, a, a few question marks. But uh, I'm looking at Derrick Henry or Austin Eckler. Now, mind you, this is a half-point PPR league. Which leans me more towards Eckler. But at the same time, I mean, we'll see when this next pick comes in because that might make the decision for me. But um, Is workload a concern with you at all when it comes to Derrick Henry? It absolutely is. Because he's but, getting a lot of carries. I mean, with the way running backs are going, I don't, I, I, I don't see this happening this way, and I'm on the clock now. Both are still there. Damn it. I'm going to just hope for the flip turn on this one, and I'm going to... I feel like I should take the higher one. Well, now that the pick is in, I'm going to say that I agree with it. I mean, and you're looking at a quarterback situation where they should be checking down the ball a lot. That's so. fun. So that puts me on the clock right now. I'm debating between two different picks right here. Kenyon Drake from Arizona, because I do believe that his three-down role is going to be huge for Arizona. I think I know who the other guy is. Who do you think it is? Is it Swift? No, it's DJ Moore. Ooh. I love, I love DJ Moore's position a lot. Yes. And he's he's young. He produced. I think I'm going to lean towards the running back, though. And I think I'm going to go with, following my board and my RB rankings, I think I'm going to stick with Kenyon Drake. I respect you following your board. Stick to the board. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this quick turnaround. I just need either Derrick Henry. Well, Derrick Henry just win at 212. Never mind about Derrick Henry. See, I like DJ Moore. A lot. However, do I get crazy and go Kittle right here? Because he is my tight end one. You know what? It's the third round. And it is the third round. That's basically a wide receiver pick. So. But how valuable can a tight end be right now? You know, so it's that's, up to you. That's all up to you, man. I wish we were live and like taking calls in from people. <laughs> <laughs> calls from the rest of our league. That would be a lot of work. And there goes the fifth quarterback off the board. This wow. is just as we mentioned. We knew that pretty much every quarterback on the board is going to be drafted ahead of their ADP. So... Now, that's your buddy. He, he has teamed up CMC with Derrick Henry and Deshaun Watson. That's a scary team. That's a solid yeah. core right there. That's <laughs> not bad. The only questions that I really have with Deshaun Watson, the coaching for one, because Bill O'Brien has just done an awful job with the talent that Houston's been given. Coach and GM, for that matter. So he lost his best target. He did address the offensive line last year, but he was still one of the most hit quarterbacks in the league. I think that he's going to be okay when it comes to being able to get out of the pocket, get extra yards when it comes to rushing production and having all of that available to him as a boost in fantasy. But I just don't know if Deshaun Watson should have been taken above someone like Russell Wilson. Having a mini meltdown over here. (laughs) Round three, baby. Here we are. What are you thinking here, Cooks? So I have no receivers taken yet, but you know my stance on that. But if I take the highest running back on my board, I'm reaching pretty far. So I'm, I'm definitely doing the highest running back on my board is uh, Swift, the new running back for Detroit. 
And there's not even a promise that he's going to be their go-to guy. So, But I don't have any faith in on Johnson's health. Oh, neither do I. But how do we feel about uh, Aaron Jones? Because he's available as well. See, I like Aaron Jones, but I think that he is in for a hard regression when it comes to all the touchdowns that he scored last year. Go with my gut here. Follow your board. Follow my board. I respect it. DJ it's, Moore. It's a solid, balanced start, in my opinion. He got Lamar. He got Eckler, who is a he can get you points on the ground or through the air. And then he started off his wide receiver core with a very strong, what I consider to be a wide receiver one. You know, you know, you know I'm high on DJ Moore, so I respect that. So I'm coming up in two picks. Yeah, yeah. what are you thinking here? Uh, <sighs> it, 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 uh, see, you know, if Kittle lasted that long, I think I would have gone Kittle because I like taking a tight end early as kind of a substitute for a receiver position. But I do have a couple of guys that I'm interested in, so I'm not too worried about getting sniped at this point. We'll see what Lobster Larry does at 3-5. LT, 33. Let's see what he's got. Kittle going. He did pair Ezekiel Elliott with Jonathan Taylor, so I'm thinking that Larry is going to go with a quarterback here because we did mention how early quarterbacks and running backs are going to go. So if I'm sitting here in the third round after drafting Zeke and Jonathan Taylor, I would go with a quarterback, and that's exactly what he did with Russell Wilson. Right on cue. Glad he didn't do Josh Allen. Now, Just because... uh, a lot of people I see are reaching on Josh Allen in, in, in keeper leagues or in dynasty leagues because he's young, but he's still underdeveloped, in my opinion. I know he's going to be a good, a solid quarterback in fantasy this year, but he's he was ranked, on at least on this, because of age, well, higher the, than Russell Wilson. The questions with him are all about his accuracy right now. There were so many questions all of last year about him missing targets and his completion percentage and... He saved that value in fantasy because of his rushing production, but eventually you have to lean on your arm as a quarterback. And I think that he's going to have to bring that all together as a quarterback to be a long, sustained starter in the league. I just picked a 3-6, and I was torn between two guys, one of them being Travis Kelsey, one of them being DeAndre Swift. And I've touted DeAndre Swift all offseason. I think it's what it's been well documented. I went with Swift at 3-6. Partially because, and like I said, I love taking elite tight ends when the opportunity arises, but this being a dynasty league, I have to make note of the fact that Travis Kelsey's 31 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That will bring so, his value down because you, you're not going to have him as long as you're going to have some of these other players. And, and like, like we've mentioned in the past, I think DeAndre Swift is in a, is in a position to take control of that backfield, and that's, that was more or less the deciding factor for me. Uh, the person that just drafted at 3-7, taking Julio Jones. How do you guys feel about that? I feel like that's a bit of a reach considering Julio is definitely on the tail end of his career. And there's and there's an easy passing of the torch where he's at. Well, that's another 31-year-old pass catcher right there who's produced at 30. So, I mean, he's got another couple of years. But like I just said, Dynasty League, I don't know what the outlook is there. I, I mentioned it in our wide receiver episode that I have major questions on if Julio is even going to be the Falcons' number one receiver by the end of the 2020 fantasy season. When you look at the season that both Falcons receivers had, Julio Jones was their second guy up until Calvin Ridley got hurt. He was their second producing wide receiver. And then Calvin Ridley goes down, Julio Jones goes off, saves his season when it comes to the, you know, the overall output. I love what I see from Calvin Ridley so far which is exactly why I don't know if I would have taken Julio as early as he just went. And I think that as Matt Ryan ages, he's not going to be looking to throw the ball downfield that much. And Calvin Ridley lines up in the slot a lot, right? He lines up in that X, if I'm not mistaken. So 
I think that opens up a lot of opportunities for him, especially in a half-feed general league. So and Christian's on the clock. Right on cue, just as I mentioned the guy, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley at, in the third round at pick 311. I, I love what I've seen from him so far this season, or last season, and he made giant leaps from his rookie season to his sophomore season. I think he is going to be fighting with Julio Jones as the Falcons' number one producing wide receiver, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him outpace Julio Jones in fantasy points this year. Oh, I spent this year for sure, which is why, I mean, I'm saying this year that will be an interesting matchup, but next year and the year after that, this is Calvin Ridley's team. If he, I mean, obviously he stays there, but he's he's on the fast track to being a superstar, which is why I would have more invested in him in a dynasty league than I would in in, in Julio Jones. So that's just a, a, a strange order. And part of me wonders, you know, how many people we talk about this all the time. How many people love the names? How many people are like Julio Jones in the fourth? That's an easy, you know, yep, third, yep. whatever it is. And it's definitely. One of the most entertaining things to see people fall victim to. Um, I'm waiting for somebody to grab Gronk right now. Waiting for somebody to draft Tom Brady. That would be ridiculous when you're thinking about how where you have to be next year. Um, but I'm also kind of hopeful for it. So, so I'm up here now at four two, and I I think I'm going to go wide out again based on the talent that I see available. And this is taking away from how early I said quarterbacks are going to go. I don't have one yet. Uh-huh. But I'm looking at the quarterbacks available. I mean, the best ones on the board as far as ADP, you've got Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford. I don't want any of those guys in the fourth round. I wouldn't trust my team if I took those guys in the fourth round with the other talent that's here. So I'm debating between Kenny Galladay and DK Metcalf. And I think I'm just going to go Galladay. You're, you're hurting me. I mean, honestly, based on even if you wanted to go with the ADP, that's a steal where you got him, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's an elite receiver. I'd say, he, I mean, we, we listed him in, in both of our receiver lists. He's going to get a shit ton of targets. And Matt Stafford's going to be healthy for this season. So we, we're going to trust Matt Stafford's health. We don't think he's going to miss half the season again. Even when Matt Stafford missed half the season, we saw the production that Gall- Galladay put up. So I'm going to roll with him in the fourth round here. And I'm still without a quarterback here, but I love what I've done so far with my running backs and my wide receivers. I do too, and I also hate it because looking at your Ridley Galladay back-to-back as a competitor in this league physically pains me because those are two guys that I love. It's been well-documented. I think I had Galladay highest out of the three of us or near the top in our receiver ranking. So, you know, well done. I applaud that. I don't like it, but I applaud it. Thank you. I, I My goal in this draft was to have as many players that I ranked in our top 12s when we released those for corner as possible. So when I see running backs and wide receivers that are there at value, while I see other people are reaching for quarterbacks now, I'm not panicking about not having my quarterbacks yet. I'm leaning on the depth in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks, and I'm going to just stack my the flex spots, the running backs and wide receivers. I'm going to stack that when it comes to the young talent that I like and I'll address quarterbacks you know, as they fall. For those keeping count at home, we are at pick four or five. We have nine quarterbacks off the board at this moment in time. Which, I mean, in a super flex league, that's about what we should expect. And I feel so much more at ease about my Lamar Jackson at three because in any other league of any other style, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so no, super flex only is where you take those quarterbacks where they've been taken. Yeah, this is a whole different ballgame for me. 
I've never done a down a dynasty startup, and I've never done a super flex in football. So this is so two new ones is, all wrapped into this one. This is for a you. brand new world for me. This is uncharted territory. And so I'm, I'm having fun so far. So looking ahead to four seven, what are you thinking? Not a goddamn clue. <laughs> you can't be panicking already. Let's, no, I'm not panicking. Let's look, at, just, the, let's look at the board. I'm I mean, not we, panicking. I'm just not sure yet. I, I'm, I'm undecided because you got names like Evans, Cooper, Beckham there at receiver. I've always been heavy running back guy. You're all, you're already down to Dobbins, Gurley, Gordon, and I've already taken one rookie running back, and I'm tentative to take another, but Gurley and Gordon just don't jump off the page to me. I, I understand. Coogs, you do like Gordon more than our consensus ranks, so I think that your advice here would probably be to take Gordon. Well, yes, that's if you're going for running back, but there is, so this one would be an ultimate gamble, again, in my opinion. I like gambling. But... With the way quarterbacks are going, Joe Burrow is mm. available, and he's this highly touted rookie. You know, it'd be like I said, this would be the ultimate gamble. But if it pays off, and you have a middle-aged Dak and a baby boy Joe Burrow, I thought you were going to recommend another AFC North quarterback, but he went two picks before me, and he took one, of, and the pick before me took a receiver I was looking at. So Baker and Odell Beckham Jr. went back to back before my back to back Browns before your pick is so seven. Now I so am, what are you thinking? I'm looking. I, I I see Burrow there, and that that really would be a gamble, and that pays off. I'll probably have to. But I, again, I also really love Melvin Gordon. So yeah, I, I'm not with you there. So. <laughs> no, I, Do you I, want to talk about an ultimate reach? I touted Evan Ingram a lot in our tight end list. You did. So I mean, at this point, but I think I can get value on him. I'm going to go Mike Evans. Receiver. Wow. That's, I mean, there's so much value in that. His ADP was 15 yeah. on, on the sleeper app, and you're taking the him talent the for The talent for where I took him is just, it was too much to pass up for me. And there goes Burrow. Next pick. The very next pick, wow. there goes Joe Burrow. Now, who, the person that uh, so the person that took Burrow also has Russ. So now he's got his, I mean, if, if that pans out, don't say I told you so. So there goes the rookie running back that I was going to. I was considering. I, I really like that pick. I really like J.K. Dobbins in the fifth, fourth round of a dynasty startup. I I was debating taking him at the pick that I have right now. With the way quarterbacks are flying off the board here, I think I'm forced to go ahead and take my first one of the draft. I'm going to go with Matt Stafford. At 4'11", Matt Stafford, and I get to pair him up with Kenny Galladay. Nice little stack there. Yeah, having Kenny Galladay and uh, Matt Stafford is definitely going to work in your favor if... And we all, we, we, it's the biggest rule in fantasy, right? If everybody stays healthy, though, I'm pretty optimistic about what those two can do. But this also means that you might be looking for some depth at quarterback in the right. Well, I'm, I'm planning on walking out of this draft with restarting quarterbacks in the, in the NFL so that that way I can alternate when I have a quarterback on by. I don't have to stretch to put a regular flex guy in the super flex position there. If I wanted to walk out of this with three quarterbacks, I had to take a quarterback now with the way that they're flying off the board because we saw Matt Ryan, Joe Burrow, both go off the board this round, along with Baker Mayfield. With all these quarterbacks that in a standard draft or in a non-superflex draft, you'd expect to go in the ninth, 10th, 11th rounds. With them going off the board in the fourth, I had to go ahead and reach to get my guy. And I just want to say it. I think the fact that we're in a Cleveland-based league led to Baker and Odell going a little earlier than maybe they would have. All right, I'm going a little crazy on this next pick, but it feels right. And I, what I did was I paired my quarterback with his one of his favorite targets in Mark Andrews. I probably should have went another running back there because it's about to be real thin by my next pick. I, I really love the idea of Lamar and Mark Andrews. Andrews is a top-level tight end. 
Now I have his quarterback and, like I said, his favorite target. So I'm not mad about that. And J.K. Dobbins. Oh, shit. I have three Ravens. Oh, man. But you know what? That's two Corner Sports podcast members now in back-to-back picks who have stacked offensive players. Speaking of that, let's let's go into that topic. Do you like having the stack when it comes to drafting a quarterback with a wide receiver or with a tight end? Or do you just go off of just the regular talent, just produce what you're going to produce? I am totally a fan of stacking. What about, what about you, Cooks? I like stacking, but I don't like overdoing it. And I just, re- like I said, I just realized that I, I did three, I did three Ravens players, all young, which is great. So if they all work out, but it kind of, for me in my head, it's like, okay, three guys that I'm expecting to pan out on one team. It's more of a mental thing, I think, with me. And you guys know that I'm, I'm, I'm all about my gut. I mean, I'm hopeful. I mean, I, I, I liked all those guys. There's a reason that I took him, so I think it'll still work out. I mean, Andrews is a top-level tight end. We all know what Lamar Jackson's capable of, and J.K. Dobbins is definitely the next guy in line. It's a risk, but I, think I don't the, hate it. I think the Dobbins pick for you is more of a long-term pick than an immediate return. Because with Ingram there, I think Dobbins is definitely going to have limited snaps for 2020. But Ingram's a free agent this year. I think the return in 2021 is going to be almost immediate on your pick of J.K. Dobbins. All right, Paul, so with your fifth-round pick, what are you thinking here? You know, I'm, I'm an RB-heavy guy. I think i got to stay to that. And I know this guy, had, I guess you could call it a disappointing rookie season based on the outlook, but I'm going to bank on the fact that he is he's an offense that struggles in the passing game, and I think that he's got a bright future ahead of him. So I am going to go with David Montgomery of the Bears. Wow. I really like that as, a, as an undervalued pick because he's in a role that I think is going to expand in 2020 the big concern with him was that he didn't get enough touches his rookie season the fantasy community was screaming for him to get more touches all season long Tariq Cohen's still there to get the you know the lion's share of the targets but I don't think that it's enough to really hinder David Montgomery so I like that pick especially in a dynasty league with him being as young as he is so moving forward we got Christian, you're four picks away right now. What are you looking at? I'm really debating between if I want to go with some of the talent left at these flex positions. I see that you know Robert Woods is there. I like him a lot. Debo Samuel's there, and as San Fran's you know number two guy after their tight end, I really like him. He's explosive. Tyler Boyd, I think, is going to be the Bengals' number one target. AJ Green is going to sneeze and tear an ACL. I just don't trust his health at all. <laughs> I so, can't believe that they signed him to a franchise tag. But go ahead. So I'm really thinking about either going with the talent that's valued at its ADP right there or reaching for a quarterback because we've seen that so many times already. And I have to consider here, I traded down in my sixth-round pick in exchange for the earlier fourth-round pick that I got. Without having the two picks at this turnaround, I'm not going to have another pick until pick 6-11. So with that, I think there's going to be a big run at quarterbacks between the pick that we have now and at the end of the sixth round. So I think I'm going to reach for a quarterback. It's just a matter of which one I want to reach for, whether it's Drew Brees or Ryan Tannehill. One of these quarterbacks that I think can fill my super flex spot, even with Drew Brees not really caring about his longevity there, he's still Drew Brees. He's, he's still going to be a QB one for at least this year. And I can focus on addressing another quarterback later on. Or if I want to take a stab at a younger guy or, you know, draft a rookie with my or, first round rookie pick next year. I mean, if you're looking at Drew Brees, you can even do all of that in one in, in the following pick, which would be drafting his backup, 
Jameis, who is young, and you know, just an idea. I mean, I'm good at quarterback. I mean, one of them at least. That like for advice for someone that is looking at a situation like, like yours, Christian. I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't hate having both those guys on my roster. Yeah, having the Drew Brees and Jameis Winston stack there wouldn't be a bad move at all because I do think that Jameis Winston is going to find himself in a starting spot in 2021, whether it is in Pittsburgh or New Orleans, or if he goes and finds another finds another starting job somewhere else, maybe even in Chicago. So I'm on the clock now, and I do think I'm going to go ahead and reach for the quarterback, and I'm going to go ahead and select Drew Brees. It's a strong pick. I don't like it because I was targeting him with my next pick, but it's a strong pick because it shows that you're willing to compete. You're, you're trying to compete this season. Christian's in win-now mode. As well as build for the future. So Yeah, I mean, in a startup draft, you have to be in, in win-now mode. You can't draft specifically for you know the future. I'm not going to go ahead down the board and just pick all young guys because they may not produce for me now and they may not produce for me at all. When it comes to we don't know what a lot of look, a lot of rookies will bring to the table here. You're missing a pick here because you traded, right? Yeah, I traded out of this one. So that means out of the three of us, you are the closest pick coming up. So what are you looking for in the sixth round? Who are you most hopeful to stay on the board? Um, you know, based on the talent available, I really was genuinely targeting Drew Brees in this position. But like I said, looking at what's available, the fact that DJ Shark is still there, I'm really hoping he hangs on because I think that's a ton of value at 6'7". And the fact that I have what, in my opinion, is a, is a balanced team at this point, I have three backs, a receiver, and a high-end quarterback. I would love to add another quarterback, but based on the ones that are available, I'm not sure if I'm in a position where I should reach for one. So if if DJ is still there, I think that's going to be my pick. My plan B, probably reaching for a running back, but we'll come to that bridge, or we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, as the great Eric Wedge once said. So through five rounds, since we, we've all made our fifth-round pick, we're all waiting on the sixth round to come up. Looking at your roster, what is your big? What are each of your biggest needs right now? I think mine's pretty obvious. When uh, my running back two is a backup, technically, it's definitely running back for me. Uh, I like where I'm at as far as the ones at each of those positions, um, but with running backs, I mean, I'm I'm all about depth there. And what's killing me right now is I'm just watching player by player by player that I have targeted come off the board. The running backs are just flying off the board around, which is exactly why I went with Kenyon Drake a little bit higher than his ADP, because I wanted to make sure that I had two running, two high-ceiling running backs off the board of my first two picks. If I'm looking at what I think my biggest need is right now, I'm either going to reach for a tight end, or I'm going to go, I'm looking at running back, but there is one more player that I don't want to mention right off the bat right now with both of you guys in front of me. <laughs> but there is another player that doesn't fill those two spots that I do kind of have my eye on when it comes to this board. So I was, I was sniped. We saw Chark go. We saw Cam Akers. We saw Devin Singletary go. Keenan Allen just went. What is your mindset now where you're leaning with your six-round pick? Well, I'm, seeing, I'm still seeing a good amount of talent at the wide receiver position. Running back is running thin, but I do have three of those. Now, what sticks out to me, there's one name of the available running backs that sticks out to me out of these names that I'm going to mention here. Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, David Johnson, Keyshawn Vaughn, Darius Geis. There's one name that sticks out above the rest for a dynasty pick. Keyshawn Vaughn. I think it's Kareem Hunt. I think it's Kareem Hunt. 
it's more oh, yeah. it's more of a, it's more of a pick that's made with the future in mind. And Kareem's twenty four, but he's I think so young. One of the things we got to think about with him, though, and I hate to say it, hate to be that guy, because I like to party just as much as the next guy. He's got to stay out of the news. That's true, but he did that all most of last season, right? Up until like once the season started, he pretty much stayed out of trouble. Like last summer, I guess he was he was seen on on cameras at like Barley House or what have you. But... I, I last summer I partied with him at a wedding and. It was impossible not to get hyped up when he was hammered drunk just saying, Cleveland Browns go to the Super Bowl! And I was like, let's go! <laughs> and then do, the, you, do you trust what came out in the news when he said that he wants to sign an extension with the Cleveland Browns? It's so hard because you don't know if people are just saying the right things rather than him saying, no, I won't resign here, a.k.a. no. You know what I'm saying? But he is from here. There could be some, some realness there. Um, but at the same time, it's like he's a running back one, and, and we have and this Nick is Chubb's back. So it's it's like yeah, I'd love for I'd love for him to sign an extension, but that extension better be <laughs> cheap. So I don't know. I did just see Tua go off the board. What do you guys think about that? I know with it being a dynasty, it's it's solid uh, to draft a younger guy a little earlier, especially at an important role like that. But we're not going to see this guy. So we we might not. I mean, we might not. We shouldn't. He's, he's currently, as we stand right now, backing up a thirty-seven-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick finishes the season as the Dolphins' quarterback, but I do think strongly that he's going to start as their quarterback one. And I don't think he's going to be a quarterback that's going to play his way out of that position, because we saw the Dolphin the Dolphins' offense kind of catch fire when he took over last year. They became they went from a dumpster fire to a respectable offense that carried Devontae Parker. I mean, they also got two Patriots game out of the way very quickly in the early half of the season there, so that helped a little bit too. So with me being the next person to go here, I told you I needed some running backs, and we've had an episode where I ranked my running backs. I was the only guy with this guy on the board. Uh, I know Kareem Hunt is right there. You're going to trust your rankings. I'm going to trust my rankings. I really want to go Kareem Hunt here. But that would, like we just talked about, that's a future. Well, and it's a future pick. Yeah. So I'm going to go with my win now. Melvin Gordon. And take Melvin Gordon. I respect it. Yeah, I can definitely respect that pick. So to rewind a little bit here, at 6-7, I ended up going with Stephon Diggs. What are your guys' takes on that? Um, No, I like that pick. Uh, New setting. Josh Allen is supposedly supposedly improved. And he's just, he's always going to be a threat with the hands that he has. What I looked at a little bit there is... You got John Brown, obviously, he's their deep threat there, but he's going on age 31. Stephon Diggs is 26 right now. That I kind of looked at it as a plus as far as as far as far uh, a dynasty league is concerned. Christian just picked the man that we were just talking about, that future pick. Yeah, I went, Kareem Hunt. I went with Kareem Hunt because, obviously, as we mentioned, he is still one of the most talented running backs in the league, but I think that we keep forgetting it because he's not on the field enough to to show it. He's the, the backup right now to Nick Chubb, and I do think that after this year, I can't see him signing a long-term deal in Cleveland. I think he's going to go somewhere and be a three-down running back. He's going to be somebody. I'm hoping that it's a situation kind of like they were in in Kansas City where it's a favorable running back situation. I'm I'm hoping it's not somewhere like the Jets where you have to deal with bad coaching. Because if, you know, let's say that Le'Veon Bell is on his way out. We know that Adam Gase doesn't like Le'Veon Bell. So if Le'Veon Bell's on his way out again, if he talks his way out of another place, if Kareem Hunt fills that role, I'm going to like him a whole lot less as a fantasy player. So I'm kind of holding on to that hope that 
Kareem Hunt is going to move on from the Browns after 2020 and find himself in a favorable situation, and he's only 24. That's so insane to me. It's, it's crazy how young Kareem Hunt is, and I think everyone forgets it because he's been around long enough that we're thinking he's in his upper 20s. With him be, only being 24, he's in a quote-unquote contract year. I don't see the Browns re-signing him, so I'm hoping that in 2021 he's going to be a three-down back somewhere that Adam Gase is not. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the Browns are in a position now where they, they kind of have to start. I know they have a ton of cap space, but they kind of have to start worrying about their cap space because Baker's in for a payday if they want to pay him. We just saw Miles Garrett get a huge payday. Garrett just got paid the highest player in Browns history, and then you would think that they're going to owe Chubb, right? I know. I they know would have the, to pay Chubb. There's you're going to let there's debates on pay Chubb. Yeah, there's there's debates on whether or not you pay running back for the second that second contract, but they got to set some money aside for Chubb and, and Mayfield. You would you would assume so. It, it's understandable that you could see Hunt walking there. I agree there. If I was in your position, I think I would have taken him, but I like the position that I was in and passing on him in that spot. So Coogs is on the clock now. You know, I'm going to stick with building some depth here and with, with how weak I feel at running back right now. I'm just going to keep adding to the depth there. And it's a bit of a stretch, but it, it's still a starting running back. In my eyes, that's a starting running back, and now he's in a Tom Brady-led offense. Him coming out of the backfield, I think, is going to be... That's Keyshawn Vaughn. Hopeful. Keyshawn Vaughn, my guy. Had him on the board, and I just went with it. And I think none of us believe in Rojo. No, no. Not one bit. Although they keep touting him as like, oh, he's put on 20 pounds of muscle. Oh, he's done the, He's improved his pass blocking, this, that, and the other thing. But it's never been there in that offense. I feel like they touted him up last year the same way where they said after his rookie season, he took such big leaps. He's going to get more, more targets. He's going to get more carries. And he was ineffective until the very end of the season. I don't think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, with Tom Brady now at quarterback, have the time to waste for him to figure it out. Now, if we see him in camp, and if we hear all these great things still going on, and we're hearing Vaughn not getting carries and Rojo taking all the first-team reps, maybe my attitude's going to change when it comes to Ronald Jones. But until I hear that or see that type of news, I'm not buying the Rojo hype for 2020. That leaves me on the clock right now. I've got a little shy of 90 seconds. I got sniped twice in this round, once by Cougs. I had Keyshawn Vaughn lined up. And then after that, I was really leaning towards Jarvis Landry at this spot, but got that sniped. So I am looking around. And, you know, QBs, they just keep on falling. And I only have one at this point. I have a pretty balanced roster outside of that. I'm with you with the one QB. And I'm just out of the three of, a little bit. Out of the three of us, There's, I'm the only one that has filled my super flex spot. You well, do like Evan Ingram. I do. And you do need to fill your tight end spot. And that, you, you must be reading my mind because that's exactly <laughs> where I was looking based on where I'm at. I think, you know, QB, Drew Locke is kind of the top guy available. I'm not ready to jump to that yet. So Ing- Ingram's the guy at 7-6 for me. Yeah, I can, I can respect that pick with knowing how high that you ranked Evan Ingram yep. in our tight end episode. So I, I don't see any problem at all with Evan Ingram going in the seventh. I'm totally fine with that based on... You saw the tight end run a little bit there. You saw Kittle and Kelsey go in round three, and then Andrews go again in round five. And based on where I had Ingram ranked in my preseason rankings, I think I got quite a bit of value there. Now, with me being the next person up out of the three of us, I can feel free to go ahead and you know say what I'm thinking as we just see another tight end go off the board in Zach Ertz. It was late for Ertz. I was surprised he was still on the board, but there's... 
quite a bit of tight end talent still there. We got Darren Waller. We got Hunter Henry. We got Noah Font, TJ Hawkinson, Austin Hoop. Like, mm. your boy. You love him. There's a lot of tight end talent still on the board, despite Zach Ertz and Evan Ingram going back-to-back there in round seven. And I do love both of the top two players as far as ADP still on the board, Robert Woods and Debo Samuel. So I'm heavily considering going with one of those picks with my seventh-round pick, and I'm leaning towards Robert Woods. I don't know if Robert Woods is going to make it past the pick at 7.9, because I know for a fact that he's a Rams fan. Yeah, you can tell by his team logo. I don't have very much confidence that Robert Woods is going to slide by him at pick 7.9. Another receiver off the board at 7.8, that's Jalen Rager for the Eagles. I I like looking at him, there's no chance he was making it to me. He he fell to me in the pick that we had for... our original dynasty startup that we did in you know an earlier episode and Jalen Rager fell to me. I ended up taking him. I like him because I have full confidence that he's gonna be the Eagles number one. You might that get, one hurt. You might get your boy, Christian. Yeah, you with, might get your with boy. With the Rams fan taking Drew Locke right there, I do think that Oh, I got sniped. <sighs> oh, right as he's saying sniped. It. it hurts. I think I'm leaning towards taking a player that is still a number one receiver despite his age. And I think that with Phillip Rivers as his new quarterback, he's going to have a bounce-back year. I'm going to go with T.Y. Hilton. Wow. <sighs> Do you consider that a reach at all? No, I think that he had, I think his ceiling is high enough where he could finish in the top 12 receivers for 2020. This, so, is, this is yet another case where I love that pick for you, but I hate it for me because that's a guy I feel like I could have gotten a ton of value on later on. If we're looking at the running backs that are still available – in the eighth round of this draft, there's Darius Geis, who's going to be a presumed number one, but I have no faith that he's going to stay healthy. You can't. There's Carrion Johnson, who is going to be in a timeshare to start off with, with DeAndre Swift. Then you have Mark Ingram, who's going to be Baltimore's number one, splitting some carries. Lindsay just went off the board and broke my heart. The next best running back that I can see there, as far as situation's concerned, is Raheem Mostert. Ugh. who is right now San Fran's presumed number one running back. Also, isn't he, like, pseudo-holding out right now? He he asked for a trade. Now, it's a matter of, do you think that San Fran is going to grant his trade request and he's going to be a starter somewhere else, say, maybe Washington? So would you bank on that happening and taking, like, a Tevin Coleman, hoping for value there? That would be a dart throw that you could make that I could easily see that happening. But the thing with... a uh, Kyle Shanahan offense is you never know which running back is going to pop off for them because they just use a stable of running backs. And in which case any of them could go off at any given time and just take over the reins of starters for three or four games and then magically get demoted. Such a dynamic offense. I love that offense. But for fantasy purposes, it makes things a little bit more difficult. It's it's so frustrating as a as a fantasy offense, but it's so effective in real NFL football, where if they just had one clear cut guy Let's say that they get Kareem Hunt next year. Dude, explosive. Oh, he would destroy that offense. He would destroy. Like that. If Kareem Hunt goes to San Francisco in 2021, that six-round pick that I made is going to look very, very good. And also, if that happens, you heard it here first. Breaking news. Make sure everybody knows. Give us credit. So I'm two picks away, and I still only have one quarterback. That being said, I still I don't care for the quarterback talent available. There goes Debo at 8-5. Yeah, I, I don't love any of the quarterbacks. I'm, I'm in the same boat mm-hmm. as, as Paul. I have one quarterback. Now, mind you, my one quarterback is Lamar Jackson. So looking at it unobjectively, I, I plan for him to be the guy all the time. <laughs> so it's 
I, you know, there's definitely some name, like I look at a guy like Cousins, Tannehill, Garoppolo. These are the top three that are available right now based on rankings. And I, I wouldn't mind having one of those three as like the bye week fill in. But there's nobody on this list right now that I'm looking at like this would be great to have along with Lamar. I'm, I feel you there. Oop, off the board. So I just noticed this now, but 8-1 A.J. Green, that's a little early for my taste. Although, it's, granted, like 21 uh, is early for my taste for A.J., but still. It's, it's all a matter of perception. If you think A.J. Green is going to bounce back in a more effective offense with Joe Burrow, or if you think he's made out of paper mache like I do. If you think he's made out of paper mache, then he's just a lottery ticket that you put in there late in drafts. If you think he's going to be the A.J. Green of old, then... 8-1 is right where he should be picked after sitting out all last year. With that being said, Kuz is on the clock now. A couple picks prior to that, I picked at 8-7. I went for a little bit of a, a low-end stack there. I paired up Michael Gallup with Dak Prescott. Because like I said, I don't like the quarterback talent available. I don't like the running back talent available. And Gallup was still on the board. I'm very high on him, even though it's a very crowded offense. He's still a very young guy, and that's a risk I'm willing to take at this point. I do need some 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 help at receiver right now, seeing as I, I only have one in DJ Moore. So I'm gonna I'm gonna focus there, and I'm just gonna stick with my board and go with the rookie, Mr. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson. That's who I was looking at if I was not to take Gallup, but I oh, I'm such a big Gallup fan. I like pairing him with Dak, so that's a nice pick. I like that pick. If you were to tell me a week ago that Coogs would be leading out of the three of us in running backs on his roster through round eight. I'm pretty sure that was fact. I always I always go real heavy. I think that's the funny part about us three doing this draft together and kind of competing with each other while talking through all the problems that we're having while drafting is that we all have very similar drafting strategies. We all love having a stable of running backs. We all love having depth at the position where we never want to be looking at the waiver wire, looking for a starting running back. We always know that that is a terrible position to be in. We would rather stack a stable of running backs than have heavy wide receivers and committee backs. And it's just a spot where I think we all draft very similar when it comes to that position. So I think that we're all going to have very similar issues when it comes to the running back position. So I just went running back again. Uh, but I took Ingram because I took Dobbins pretty high, and there's a good chance that this year we're not going to see Dobbins have a have a that that breakout season. He he might have a breakout game towards the end, but as of right now, Mark Ingram is running back one in, in Baltimore. So I went with the idea of Mark Ingram's going to be my guy until he's not the Ravens guy. So I did go with another Raven, but this one specifically to handcuff to. The, uh, the the backup. That's a good short-term pick there. I think you got his heir apparent early on, and that will get you value in the future. But for right now, Ingram's still the guy right there. It's a crowded backfield, obviously, but if you're going to get value on him, this is the year. Now that Coogs just took Mark Ingram at round nine, are you thinking of starting Mark Ingram at your super flex? So, or are you looking for a lower-tier quarterback to start there instead? So I'm definitely, on this next turnaround, I have a few ideas because now that I have five running backs and only two receivers, I'm pretty sure my next two picks, uh, depending on, you know, the big board, I'm probably targeting QB, then wide receiver. And you, you, there's there's definitely going to be some depth at those two now moving forward uh, because I think now we're into the nitty-gritty part of the draft where everyone's going to be looking to that depth yeah, we'll, we'll take this draft through the 10th round. 
uh, do our one round and sign off here. Uh, but we'll definitely post our starting starting lineups on all of our social medias. As we said on Instagram, it's the Corner Sports. Twitter, you can find us at Corner Sports FS. You can also search us up on Facebook. And on Facebook, I'm happy to announce that we're approaching the 1,000 like mark. So that would put us over the over the four digit mark on all of our social medias. So if you're listening to this without seeing our Facebook social media page, go ahead and hit that like button. When, as the football season gets closer, we'll definitely be running some promotions and giveaways and have some fun stuff planned for all of our followers. It happened. I got sniped. I got sniped. That was my next pick right there. TB? Yep. Wow. Because I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm at a point where I'm not going to go into too much detail here because I still have a lot of picks to make, and so do you. I think Tom Brady would have been a great quarterback to fit my roster as a second QB for the next one to two years. I took Alexander Madison at 9'6". I'm curious to hear your guys react. That. I would say it's a bit of a re- re- reach um, just because of the fact that that bad taste in my mouth from last year where I rostered him all year long and in times where it seemed like he was going to play with it, I think you know, Cook only went down once, maybe twice. Um, yeah, twice. He, he wasn't able to fill the, the void. So I, I'm indifferent about it. And now, because, now we're at a point where I'm sorry. So now that I'm on the clock in round nine, the guy that I was hoping would be there and one of my favorite tight end picks in all of fantasy football is still there, Tyler Higby. There he is. Wow. That is, yeah. wow. That was your, your tight end three in your rankings. And I'm getting him in the ninth round here. That. You knew that had to come at some point. There was no way. I mean, he was he was high on my board, but I knew there was no point. I knew there was no way I was going to get him over Throwing it out there, though, guys, there are a lot of solid, not a lot, but there's a few solid tight ends still left. I feel like it's a position oh, totally. that's going pretty pretty ignored. Yeah, Dallas Goddard's still there. Hayden Hurst is still hanging around. Noah Font. Of all the positions now, I think there's there's a decent amount of talent that tight end position. But granted, that's going from a guy who has one quarterback, so... We've been harassing our friend Bob about uh, taking A.J. Green, and our friend Larry <laughs> let him know how he felt, and he said, I didn't even have him in my top 150. Well, that's exactly what we said. We said it'd be a matter of ever. If you think A.J. Green is 2014 A.J. Green, he belongs in the top six, seven, eight rounds after sitting out all last year. If you think he's made out of tissue paper like I do, he's falling out of your ranks completely until you get to your lotto ticket. So I'm going to do exactly what I said and walk out of our draft with three starting quarterbacks. In the 10th round, I'm taking Big Ben. Wow. Somebody's in win-now mode. No, I got sniped. Sniped wow. again. Well, it's it's not super serious because it was a backup tight end, but it was a guy that I was sleeping on in Hayden Hurst, taken at 10-3 by Paul Dinger. That's a guy, if you read... What you should have, if you didn't, you missed out. You should have read my article where I touted Austin Hooper last year as a big-time sleeper tight end. Paul is a big-time listener of this show, so I definitely think that our episode on tight ends had something to do with his ranking of Hurst there. Let's just get personal, because I take Hayden Hurst as a guy who's stepping right into that Austin Hooper role. Easily. Oh, Not well, thank God I have like eight more drafts to go this year, but still, <laughs> man, that hurts. Fun curveball. Because the, I bring it up enough. It's a strong pick. The Madden team that I have, it's with Paul. And I know for a fact he is in love with Hayden Hurst. Oh, that hurts. Because we made him like a superstar <laughs> in the game. Like, Get it. One guy that sticks out right there. He's not going to be around for very long. But if I need a guy to produce for this season, and I can look towards the future, I'm two picks away. Phillip Rivers is there. I think that's my pick. Yeah, I think he can definitely fill your super flex spot. And then you can 
call it a day on your starting lineup and start filling out for depth. I, I think Coops and I are the only teams left with less than two quarterbacks, and now that leaves Coops alone as the only team with one quarterback because I just took Phillip Rivers at 10-7. I don't hate it. I don't hate that one bit. Um, yeah, so when it comes to quarterbacks, I'm looking at guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Herbert, Teddy Bridgewater, Gardner Minishu. Um, I, I do like Gardner Minishu because he is the guy in Jacksonville right now. And he wears jokes. That could change, but... I mean, it, it, I wouldn't hate seeing him progress and continue to be a starter. We're still looking at starters available, so that's big. But then there's a guy way down the list in James Winston who, if we're talking futures, I'm, I, I don't think he's going to cut into Drew Brees this year. He might help if Drew Brees gets hurt. Um, but a guy like James Winston, yeah, he's a backup quarterback, but I don't believe he'll be a backup quarterback for too long. His contract with the Saints is only one year. One season. So um, I'd be really interested to see uh, where people are eyeing him up. But with the people in front of him, as far as rankings go, you have a guy like Haskins, uh, you know, uh, Derek, Derek Carr. But then with Haskins being there, you also have Kyle Allen sitting one spot below him. So that's that's your, your proof in the pudding. Two really young guys that both can potentially take over that those starting Range. So I'm going to stay away from guys like that, but I am going to take my second quarterback. I mentioned him, and he's and he's there, so I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to screw Christian over because uh, he should be he should be the one car, uh, targeting James Winston. I'm going with Gardner Minshew. You just like the stash, don't you? I love the stash and the George. I'm a George that, guy now. That may be the last guaranteed starter off the board. So that's going to wrap up the ten rounds of this fantasy football. Super flex dynasty startup that we had here for you. One note before we move on to our one round. I will give our league credit that I'm incredibly proud that Rob Gronkowski has not been drafted yet. (laughs) So anyone in this league, I'm going to go ahead and give you credit right now that Gronk has not been drafted. I think he's one of the most overhyped players in the NFL this year. I know he's paired back with Tom Brady. I know that offense is explosive. But there's so many targets, and we mentioned it when he got signed. There, there may just be too many targets where he may just be touchdown dependent. He hasn't had a reliable fantasy season since, I believe, 2017. Don't have the numbers in front of me because I haven't pulled up his career stats since our tight end episode. But I'm proud that our league has not jumped all over the name and jumped all over the Madden rating of 95. Yeah, the Madden, we're going to get to that. The Madden ratings coming out. Really, really messed a lot of people up. But uh, to round out that that top 10 rounds, the final pick in our 10th round was Will Fuller. The fifth. The fifth. That's a value pick right there. So let's move on to our one round, our favorite segment, and also finally a one round that we get Cougs back for now that he's not on the beaches of Florida. And in this one round, in honor of the Madden rankings coming out this week, we're going to do our one round of video game athletes. I'll go ahead and lead us off when it comes to our one round of video game athletes. And despite the hype, I'm not going to go in the direction you think I'm going to go. With my 1-1, I'm going to go with Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson. That's a great pick. I'm not... You can't even argue that pick. He was absolutely unstoppable in that video game. And I know the hype that 0-4 Michael Vick gets, but if... Am I the only person on the planet that seemed to stop 04 Vic whenever I'd play Madden? You might be. There's no way. We've I'm, had this conversation. I'll, you are definitely the only guy that could shut down 04 Vic. There's no way I was the only person who could do that. I, I wasn't, I was good at it, but I'm not that good. All, I mean, all you had to do was QB contain, bring the D line out, 
play your defense up, play a cover two, and man cover the corner. Weird flex, but okay. If you just took the cornerback and user played him, he's already playing the flat. Whichever way that Vic was going to roll out, user control that corner, and you have your D end and you have your corner on him right off the bat. You can't do that with Tech Mobile Bo Jackson. He's running everyone over, no, he's just, and he's, he's faster than everybody. destroying everybody in that entire game. So who's going to go with 1.2? Who's he ready? You want it to be me. I mean, I, I think it's I mean, who wants O4 Vic? I'm taking O4 Vic. That's crazy. I've, I would get in trouble for playing against friends that, like, we would always do randoms. And if you got O4 Vic, I would just throw a fucking tantrum because it was, like, a cheat code. He was that good. He was that good. I'm going with 04 Vic. Did you know about the cover two? Bring your D line out and play contain on him? No, because I was 14 and I was just like, run! <laughs> run! Just QB roll out every single play. <laughs> oh my god. I, I felt bad for the other, like, <laughs> even though they're video game characters, I was just like, yeah, you guys aren't touching the ball. <laughs> All right, 1.3. I am going to throw a huge curveball in here, in my opinion, but in my book, he still counts as an athlete, Tony Hawk. Wow, Ooh. that is a great one because, I mean, he really was the best. Pick your Tony Hawk. Hey, there goes Gronk. But uh, 11, 12. Tony Hawk, Pro Skater 1, 2, 3, all that, all that good stuff. He's my 1.3. I can, I can definitely respect that pick. So with my 1.4, I'm going to go with MVP Baseball 2005. You can't do it to me. John Dowd. Uh, <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. It's even better because it is specifically oh, a video game character. That kills me. Oh. The funny part was is that He's supposed to be Barry Bonds, but they made him the white Barry <laughs> Bonds. Some average white dude. Because Barry Bonds wasn't in the LPA. They wouldn't he wasn't allowed to be in that game because he refused to be in the players association. So they replaced him with John Dow, the right-handed white version of him, and he was absolutely unstoppable. You're either walking him or you're giving up a home run. There was absolutely no in between. Yeah, that sounds like Barry Bonds. Okay, so for me, uh, my next pick is the, throwing it back to the NCAA days, RIP. Um, but Adrian Peterson in NCAA 2007. I think you mean RB number 28. Oh, yeah, sorry. RB hashtag 28. Um, but just, and I had to look it up because I remember thinking this was insane. Here, here, his overall was 98. His speed was 93. Strength, 80. Awareness, 87. Agility, 92. Acceleration, 96. Like, the dude, and break tackle, 99. Like, unstoppable. You're not stopping that dude. So, I'm an NCAA guy. I'm going with my number two as Adrian Peterson from NCAA 2007. 1 6, Paul. So, I'm going to kind of go off of what you would consider the big sports. So, out of Tiger Woods, PGA Tour 2005. Who am I taking? Tiger Woods. No. I'm, oh. taking, I'm taking an unlockable character called Sunday Tiger Woods. Because Sunday Tiger Woods plays at a different level than any other athlete who has ever played a sport ever. And he was an unlockable character, so you get the whole, you know, the red shirt, the black hat, all that good stuff. Prime Tiger. And, you know, he just dominated everything. So. When the red polo came out, you knew it was over. And that is why I take Sunday Tiger as my 1.2. So for 1.7, I'm going to go with Madden 2003, and I knew this player well because I would always play with the greatest show on turf. Oh, I know where you're going with it. Marshall Falk. Nice. Marshall Falk was lit. The, the, I mean, the greatest show on turf was a stacked team as it was. They had Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner. 
Who's the other receiver they had? Torrey Holt. Torrey Holt. Like that, like it the was defense just was good too, Anna Marchaletta. Yep. Anna Marchaletta, they had whoever their left end was was ridiculously good at getting the quarterback in Madden. So one point eight that brings it to Cougs. So I'm gonna go with a with a I think this is the first we're throwing this out there. Uh I'm going with Scotty Pippen in NBA Jam ninety five. Nice. He was so if you remember correctly, MJ wasn't in that game. So it was Scotty's team. So I would always, obviously, I would always pick Scotty Pippen and Dennis Rodman, and Scotty was unstoppable. It was almost like because the game was like, we're, we the Bulls are still the Bulls and they don't have Michael, so we'll we'll just make Scotty unstoppable. So pick one point nine. One point nine. It's almost a disgrace to me that this hasn't been mentioned yet, but this goes back to the early two thousands backyard baseball. The secret weapon. Oh, you're gonna steal my pick, Pablo Sanchez, baby. And that's I mean, that's really maybe good. the best video game athlete of all time. So in my opinion, I got a ton of value there. So that brings us to 1.10. And my final pick in our one round of video game athletes. And I'm going to stick with Madden. And I'm going to go with 08 Devin Hester. Oh, you just, you just sniped me. Sniped. Double snipage here. The like first it. player in Madden history with a speed rating of 100. Mm-hmm. So with 1.11, Cougs. So uh, I'm a basketball fan, and we haven't touched on any 2K players. And recently, like obviously, it, it's been it's definitely a lot harder now to have like guys that are unstoppable like they used to be. But in NBA 2K3, Allen Iverson. That's a great pick. Was in pot. You could not stop because like the handles in that were kind of like, um, like it was a quick quick twitch to where like if you hit the joystick, it was like the nastiest crossover ever. The person would fall down. And you would just have all this space. <laughs> kind of like the spin move on Madden, how it used to be. You were just automatically getting around the guy if you were Iverson. And I'm pretty sure it was either 2K2 or 2K3. I had 120 points with Allen Iverson once. So that brings us to our final pick of the first round of our video game athletes. 1.12, Paul. All right, so I can't find any info on this guy online because I wanted to like back up what I was thinking. But I played this game called Super NBA Tecmo. Basketball for the Sega Genesis, like way back in the day, like it was '93. And I played this game all throughout my childhood. But I swear to you, and somebody might might be able to fact check this, but I can't find any info on it. There was a guy named Olsgard '99, and he was kind of similar to the John Dowd of MVP baseball. He was the replacement for Jordan. He was Jordan because Jordan wouldn't sign off to Bull, be in the game. Bulls player. I I know exactly who you're talking Bullsgard about. Olsgard '99 was the player, so I'm taking him. All right, so that wraps up our one round of video game athletes. Feel free to let us know who you were playing with with your favorite video games. Can I give one honorable mention? Yeah, let's do it. So in my opinion, back in the early to mid-90s, there was a game called Primetime Football that I think was better than Madden in that time. So out of that game, I'm taking Deion Sanders. That's a very good pick. So I have three honorable mentions. Let's hear them. So I'll be quick, I promise. But sticking with the NCAA theme, Reggie Bush in NCAA 2005, was unstoppable. I mean, that whole team was stacked. They had Dwayne Jarrett, Matt Leinart. Their defense was stacked. Like, it was just a really, really solid team. But Reggie Bush, and that was, again, that quick twitch where all you had to do is hit spin move once, and you're sending the defender flying in the other other direction. So, that was like the infancy of the hit stick, too, right? Yeah. So that was that's, that's one, that one's got to be up there for me. But then another one, this one's kind of more of a secret, but it's the, it, it, if you play the Madden seasons from, this is 
years ago. But if you played the Madden uh, franchise, if you go like longer than five years, which I often do, as as we've heard many times, Leon Sandcastle became available <laughs> to draft, which is, if you remember the advertisements with Deion Sanders wearing the afro, and he was trying to say that he just became eligible for the draft again. Um, but he was a 99 overall in the you know rookie pool. So if you could draft Leon Sandcastle, you get a 99 overall rookie. So got to give some love there. But I'm surprised we left this one off, or at least I think we did. Did anyone say Peyton Manning? No, no. And like pretty when much, he like ranks a, for all the Maddens. Any, yeah, any like, Madden ever. Any Madden he was in, besides like the last two, like any Madden he was in as a Colt was. I mean, it was game over. He was a ninety nine almost every year. Yeah. So that wraps up our list of video game athletes in our favorite segment, our one round, and that'll do it for episode twenty three of our Corner Sports Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed our our thoughts and our picks through this super flex rookie draft as. It's all of our first experience with the Superflex League, and it was all of our first season overall when it came to Dynasty Leagues, dipping our toe into the further stages of fantasy football here. Happy to happy for you guys to be a part of it for episode 24. You can follow us on all of our social medias. As I said, on Instagram, it's The Corner Sports. Twitter, you can find us at Corner Sports FS. If you have any questions involving any of your drafts, feel free to shoot those over to us, and we will respond to any and all fantasy questions that we have, whether it's via DM or you know, if you just tweet at us, we'll get, back, we'll get right back to you, and I'll send it to my co-host here for the sign-off. Well, guys, we're halfway through our Dynasty draft. This was a fun one, in my opinion. I'm going to cut the small talk because there's really no point. The draft episodes are always so fun. I had fun today, so I'm going to pass it over to Cougs. Yeah, I mean, today was awesome, and it feels so, so good to be back. Uh, believe it or not, I really like doing this, <laughs> and and not being able to do it for two weeks just gave me the itch. So today definitely filled all expectations that I had, and I'm really excited to see where this draft and league goes to. But uh, all in all, I just want to say, PISS OUT! anywhere shortstop he's a power hitter he stands at like 312 311 312 312 oh well there's our outtake oh baby someone <laughs> call that four feet <laughs> oh jesus christ